Hey guys, welcome to the CGM podcast. Uh, so good to be back with you today. My Absolutely. name is Kurt Fayless. I'm one of your hosts and joining me is our new senior pastor here at Green Acres, Michael Gossett. Hello. How are you, brother? I'm great. Man, it's good to be back. It is so cool to be back. And now, yes. um, just to say for a moment, you are the senior pastor now, right? Over the last few weeks, we've had so much That's transition and, and, and celebrating Pastor David in the last 30 years. Yes. And now you are the guy. That's what they say. Um, <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> Did you wake up um, on August 30th feeling completely different? You know, somebody asked me that, no mm-hmm. joke. They said, hey, how was your week? Was it completely different? Uh, but to be honest, it was the same as the week before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So still work to be done and sermons to prepare and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and this great church to lead. And, yeah. and it's just, it's been an incredible season. Uh, you know, through this summer, there's just been so much going on mm-hmm. in the life of our church mm-hmm. and just celebrating the legacy of Pastor David. And then obviously stepping into this new role has just been uh, really just a thrill yeah. and a dream come true in many ways. Well, and it's just so cool as a, a staff member, as a member of our church, just to sit back and see how God orchestrated and guided our church through this process for multiple years Leading up, and I know that's been talked about and celebrated at different points in services sure. and in different meetings and times. But just to say here on the podcast, how cool it is! And, and I just want to plug this: our first episode um, was actually a conversation between Pastor Michael and Pastor David. So if you're new to our podcast and you haven't watched that, I would encourage you to go find that episode. That it's really on YouTube. Um, it's on uh, Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts. Go yeah. w- listen or watch that episode because just some great insight into this whole process, which is really really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael, it, we actually. Um, for our, our faithful listeners who've been following along with us, we've had to take a little bit of break here. You yes. know, we, you mentioned we had a great summer, right? Vacation yeah. Bible school, multiple student camps, mission trips, different things going on. I'm sure our, our listeners, their families had, had took part in some of that or, or maybe Absolutely. even had their own adventures and, and trips this summer. Um, we really had great ambitions to accomplish every week, uh, have a podcast this summer. But unfortunately, we had a couple hiccups here at the end. Um, some people needed to go on vacation. Some people needed to go into quarantine. Um, and some people needed to get promoted. We're not going to say who did what. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But we are super excited um, to be back with you guys. And, uh, you know, we just want to uh, kind of pick up today where we uh, left off a few weeks ago yeah. um, with our Gospel Centered Home series. Which has been really fun to talk yeah. through, by the way. Yeah, I've enjoyed our conversations. We've had three prior episodes, um, mm-hmm. uh, Two Wrongs, uh, Make a Right, talking about God's um, design for marriage. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we dove in and we assembled the puzzle. We had Debbie Stewart, our women's minister here with us, and we had a great conversation about the role uh, of spouses. Women's roles, men's uh-huh. roles. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And, and the prior episode was Fighting for Peace, and we, we talked about conflict resolution through the lens of a gospel-centered home and what it looks like uh, to represent Christ and, and the message of the gospel in the way um, we find uh, restoration and harmony in our relationship. So I um, love those discussions. Um, but today, we've got kind of a fun topic as well, and I think applies to every one of our listeners. Absolutely. Um, and, and the topic's title is Be Fruitful and Multiply. And we're talking about the family multiplication process um, right. that occurs in a gospel-centered home. That's right. And, and so uh, just as, as we dive right in, you know, Mike, what um, as you lead, as you see, I mean, you're, you're a dad, you have four kids. Um, you and Katie have been married with 10 years now or how long is it? Okay. Been? So 
when when we started talking about gospel centered home uh-huh. in our marriage, I actually told everyone uh, that Katie and I have been married fifteen years. Okay, and so my my wife was actually listening to the to the podcast. Um, and she calls me and she says, Hey, how long have we been married? Oh, no. And I said, 15 years or coming up on 15 mm-hmm. years. And she said, we're coming up on 14 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what is funny is I just announced it to, you know, everybody listening and Katie listening to the podcast was just thinking, Nope, that's not correct. You know, and so the- this August, uh-huh. like a couple, what month are we in? We're in September. Yeah. Now. So we're in September. So a month ago, on August 4th, we celebrated 14 years. See, here, I'll come to your defense. You just have loved your wife and your family so much that all that love couldn't have happened just in 14 years. It had to have been 15 years. Exactly. So, you know, Katie, it's just that he loves That's you so much. exactly what happened. I got your back. And it's really bad that you said 10 years because our daughter is 11. <laughs> and so... You know, Riley, I am sorry. This is how it's all working out. Started. It is, that's not true. Okay. So we're correcting this flow of discussion. 14 years. 14 years. And so you have a little bit of experience here already. Uh, not to say that, you know, me as a dad of two years doesn't have much to say in this discussion, but four kids. Yeah. You, you've seen some already some different seasons. You, you've sure. been in ministry and walking with families who've been all over the age spectrum and, and where they're at in their family process. Um, so as a pastor, as a dad, um, where do you see God's design for multiplication? Where do you see that? You know, to, to be honest, um, what, what I've learned in, in the 11 years that I've been a dad, my mm-hmm. oldest is 11, mm-hmm. is that it is absolutely uh, impossible to parent apart from the spirit of God. Yeah. And, you know, because everybody who, who has kids or if you've been around kids, um, or if you are grand, a grandparent now mm-hmm. or whatever your season of life is, you know, that there are unique challenges with every season. And so, uh, we're about to enter in, you know, within the next two to three years, we're going to enter into that new season mm-hmm. with our oldest into the teenage years and mm-hmm. then the driving years <laughs> and then the college years. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and then with our oldest, um, you know, kind of paving the way we, what we have learned, though, over the past seven years is that not only are you completely dependent on the spirit of God, uh, but that you often make mistakes that you need to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that's just kind of, I, I want to just say, um, you know, just because I'm a pastor, um, I have to, I have to ask forgiveness often. Yeah. And, you know, it's just part of, of us walking in the flesh rather than in the spirit, uh, reacting in the flesh rather than mm-hmm. the, the spirit. But what we know foundationally mm-hmm of what we are called to do as God's people is to multiply. Yeah. And this is, you know, I just wanted to start there because this is uh, really our, this is the vision Mm -hmm. uh, for the family Mm -hmm. is this right here. It says in uh, Genesis one, verse 28, it says, and God blessed them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply And fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over uh, the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the very first thing that we see from the Lord Mm -hmm. is to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Yeah. And so we, we have this understanding that this is what the family vision is. Yeah. 
is to be fruitful and multiply. So well, that's, it, where, that's our starting point. And, and one of the cool things in this, right, is um, we look in Genesis and we also see that God created us in his own image. Right. And so sometimes you're right, you, 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 you have your family um, and, and, you know, you have your, your, your kids, your sons, your daughters, and, and they're kind of like little mini-me's of you. Yeah. Right. And, and you're kind of reproducing both physically, but also all the, the things about you, pro- they're going to start translating. You and your spouse are going to start translating down to your kids, right? Uh, some of your personality traits, some of the quirks and the funny things that um, as parents we pick up or, or as young adults we picked up from our parents and then our yeah, kids are going to pick absolutely. up from us. But the cool thing about God's design here. Is he created us in his image and he's saying, Hey, I want you to go multiply my image out into this world. That's right. Like, and um, what a cool just perspective and responsibility that we get is saying, Hey, yes, you know, it's great to have a family. Yes, there's so many benefits and joys and rewards from having kids, but we are making little image bearers of God to go and bring about his kingdom in this world. So, so cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so for us, as uh, as we continue to see this, even in the New Testament, mm-hmm. uh, you see the idea of replication and multiplication yep. continue through their efforts, even in uh, the New Testament um, understanding of that word mm-hmm. multiplication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and so many times here, here's what, is difficult in the culture today mm-hmm. is that in so many instances, uh, children are viewed as a burden mm. rather than a blessing. Yeah. And so with just the evil of abortion mm-hmm. stems from that idea that, that somehow children are burdensome rather than a yeah. blessing yeah. in God's design. Yeah. And so, we have to fight against that tendency. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to fight against that mindset that would ever allow us to come to this understanding that children are a burden from the Lord rather than children are a blessing from the Lord. Because mm-hmm. this is exactly what it says in Psalm chapter 127, verse 3. Mm-hmm. It says, um, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, mm-hmm. the fruit of the womb, a reward. And mm. so that is uh, the concept here is that uh, they are a blessing mm-hmm. that, that what, what God gives you uh, in the family is a blessing from the Lord that is for not your purpose, yeah. but it is for the purpose of God's kingdom. Mm. Because as soon as you end that in verse three, verse four says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And this idea that that children are this arrow that mm. we are to bring up so that you can shoot toward the enemy, mm-hmm. okay, of evil, and that is the idea of going out into the world, filling the world. We are shooting out these arrows mm-hmm. who are gospel-centered kids who are ready to uh, um, come up uh, against the world with the truth of Jesus Christ that yeah. is embedded in their hearts. Yeah, This has to be our vision. Mm-hmm. This has to be our understanding because that foundation affects everything you do in the mm-hmm. home with your kids. Yeah. Well, and I love that you and you mentioned something that you brought around when talking about abortion. You said that there's a lie that's been presented. Mm-hmm. And when I think about 
this idea that we multiply not for the purpose of our family necessarily, but for the purpose of God's kingdom going out and God's right. image going out into the world. Right. When we, another one of these lies that occurs like, well, I'm going to have our kids and we're going to raise them, but I just want to, I want them to be happy. I want them to have successful lives. I want them to be productive members of society, right? You hear these things. Yeah. Innately, you're like, well, okay, that's, that's not, not the worst thing. Like, I, of course, I want my, my son to be happy. Of course, I want you know, my daughter to be successful. But by what measuring stick are you putting that? And when we're talking about a gospel-centered home, is the success mark, is the happiness mark because they grow up and they have a, you know, a job and they contribute to society? Is it yeah. that they find love and happiness in a spouse? Is it, or is it that they are image bearers of God? Is it that they are seeking to transform uh, the people they come across with the truth of Jesus? It, which way have you raised and directed your arrows, your kids, to go out into the world? Yeah, you know, I think often we, I, I know that I have a tendency to make this parenting mistake mm-hmm. that I discipline um, more out of my image mm. rather than God's image. Yeah, that, there's a there's a very clear difference when when we discipline or correct our children in our image is for the protection of what people think of us. Yeah, rather than developing them in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So we we talk a lot about vision at Green Acres. Mm-hmm. We we talk about our church vision, we talk about um what what we are aiming toward as the ideal of what we truly believe that God is calling us to. Mm-hmm. And our vision statement is transforming lives with the truth of Jesus. That's mm-hmm. what we want to be about. Uh we we uphold that vision with our values. Mm-hmm. They say connect, grow and multiply. Yeah. All right, now here is why I love our vision so much is that it's, it's multi-layered to a degree that is applicable among every layer within the church. Mm-hmm. So for you personally, this is your vision. Mm-hmm. Like this is what God is calling you to do biblically, mm-hmm. that you are to uh, be about transforming lives with the truth of Jesus, mm-hmm. Kurt personally yeah. or chip, whichever chip, yeah. name Either you one. go by. Either one. All right, for Michael, mm-hmm. my job is to be about transforming lives with the truth of Jesus. How do I personally do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to connect people to Jesus and to his church. Mm-hmm. I want to help them grow in the likeness of Jesus, and I want to help them multiply for the purpose sure. of Jesus. But it's not just an individual level. It is also the same vision for our families. Mm-hmm. For my family, what is our vision for our family? If I want to if I want to look down the road uh, in 10 years, mm-hmm. okay? In 20 years, uh, what do I want my family to look like? Yeah. Uh, well, I want to make sure that they are transformed mm-hmm. by the truth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That I want to connect them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want our family to be connected to Jesus and to his church. I want my family to be growing in the likeness of Jesus. And I want my family multiplying, mm-hmm. replicating the image of God for his purpose and his purpose alone. Yeah. You, you see, in so many ways, when we think about uh, behavior, when we think about correction, when we think about discipline with our kids, we have a tendency to remove our Christian understanding, our gospel centeredness mm-hmm. for the sake of what the world tells us our kids should be about. Yeah. If you, if your child, okay, let me, let me talk about my child for mm-hmm. a second. If my daughter Riley, who is our oldest, who is into basketball right mm-hmm. now, just loves basketball. Mm-hmm. If I develop 
Riley to be the best basketball player. She gets a full ride to the choice, uh, whatever college of her choice. Georgia, probably. Uh, I mean, it, you know, if she was the best, she would probably go to the University of Georgia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be my assumption, Kurt. That's what but I, I don't want to be biased mm-hmm. in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but if 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 I pay for her to have the best coach, mm-hmm. the best lessons, uh, all of these things, put her in the best program, mm-hmm. and the, at the end of the day, we can say, Riley, look at you. You did it. Yeah. You are the best basketball player. You get to choose whatever college you get to go to uh, or want to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is Georgia, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but if she loses her understanding of who she is in the gospel, at the end of the day, what have I done? Mm-hmm. What have I accomplished? Mm-hmm. She is now an image bearer for basketball mm-hmm. rather than Jesus. Yeah. And an image bearer for something that's not eternal. The, listen, right? like it, basketball is temporal at best Mm -hmm. basketball is here today and one injury it's gone tomorrow Mm -hmm. it can be taken away from us in an instant but but the image of jesus within us can never be taken away yeah and so at the end of the day we we spend so much of our development in our kids and and our understanding of multiplication with our children on the smallest percent imaginable Mm -hmm rather than what is truly eternal. Yeah. And so what Jesus is doing, it, it, all the, the entire family mm-hmm. has to maintain that focus on eternity rather than on earthly temporal things, yeah. which is nothing new to us. No. We get that. Mm-hmm. But if your child makes straight A's, what is that going to get them? And, mm-hmm. and listen, I'm into academics, okay? <laughs> Um, you I, have a doctorate. <laughs> I do. I, I have a doctorate. So I push academics. Yeah. I want our kids to grow in the likeness of Jesus. In, in Luke 2.52, it says that Jesus grew in, in stature. Mm-hmm. Okay, So there's this physical growth that happened with Jesus. But he also grew in favor with God and man. And when you go on to look into his development, that it involves our mind. Yeah. It involves our heart. It involves our body. That we want to give everything to Jesus. So don't, yeah. don't think that I'm saying, hey, don't worry about academics. Don't worry about basketball. That's uh, yeah, not what I'm we're, saying. we're called to do all things to the glory of God all and, and all things. And so he's gifted us uniquely with talents and abilities and opportunities. I, it, we have a, a responsibility to our creator to say, hey, I'm going to do my best. In all things. In all things. That, Absolutely. That's yeah, exactly that's not. Right. Yeah. So we're not saying you're what you're, you're landing towards, I believe, is you're, we're saying, hey, it's not that academics don't matter. No, they do matter. It's they not that, absolutely you know, using your God-given talents on, um, as with an instrument or in an athletic competition or whatever, those things are important. Right. But to what end are they important? Yeah. What's the landing? And, and where, where are you trying to get to? And that's the point mm-hmm. of if you have your sights set on eternity um, and the moments of success, even according to worldly standards, mm-hmm. are still aiming your child toward the, toward the things of eternity. Yeah. I, I love that um, when you get to Ephesians chapter 6, that's kind of like this chapter about um, parenting your children, mm-hmm. obey your parents, mm-hmm. um, and all of these things. But but the preceding chapter, when it talks about the family mm-hmm. unit and other relationships, it, it begins with Ephesians 5.1 that says, uh, Therefore, 
be imitators mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Um, then it goes into the rest of the family as yeah. it goes throughout Ephesians. Yeah. You know, so that's where we set our sights for development, even with our kids, that, mm-hmm. that we, we start there mm-hmm. with Christ's likeness. So when we think about development, when we think about growth, um, that's that center value that yeah. we talk about so much at our church. We want to grow in the likeness of Jesus. So me personally, I want to. Mm-hmm. My family, I want them to. Our kids, we want to see them grow in the likeness of Jesus. And, and this is what truly shapes uh, the way that we discipline and the way that we correct in yeah, that way. That's so good. Well, and, and where we're headed to, you can, our listeners probably have already started to put this together, but it, as God's designed for multiplication, we're designed, we're called to make disciples in all parts of our lives, right? That, that was right. the commandment of Christ, but especially in our children. And, and you could almost argue that is like the perfect setup for discipleship. Yeah. Right. Like you I think mean, about everything. You think That's about right. a discipleship, you know, path, which we have just, you know, kind of made a structured one here at the church that, you know, we're hoping to see many people be go through a discipleship path together where you're seeing a one on one, a one on two type relationship and, and walking through some core truths. Right. You know, we see that play out in the lives of adults where, yeah, for this season, I'm going to walk closely, disciple someone and launch them. Okay? Yeah. Right. Now, the coolest thing about being a parent is it's almost ingrained like you've got a captive audience for 18 years. 21 years, that launching point to their adulthood. I would say they're only captive for about five, and mm-hmm. then they're off to other things. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, our family devos are are good between the ages of like four and seven. That's like the magic <laughs> the numbers. Sweet spot. That's a sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, when they're eight and on, they're just kind of like, you know, off mm-hmm. looking at, anyway, no, nah, that's mm-hmm. a joke. But Well, and in, in the student ministry context, we see this, I mean, and we know it from Deuteronomy 6, but the greatest influence on a child child's spiritual development is their parent. Absolutely. We know that to be true. Yeah. We, you know, we'd love to say as the church, like all our programs are the best possible thing. And we hope that they are that yeah. to help equip the family to accomplish the mission. But if a child's spiritual development is solely left up to their pastor, it's only going to go so far. Yeah. But when a parent yeah. is doing it right, that's where we see the, the real trajectory of what it could be. Um, th- there is no biblical context for outsourcing discipleship in your home. Yeah. Um, however, there is biblical context for the family of God to come around one another, mm-hmm. to spur one another along in Christ likeness, to stir each other's affections for the purpose of Christ. Uh, but the primary discipler of your home is you and yeah. it is the parent. And so, you know, I, I think that, um, we we kind of get that conceptually. I think it's difficult um, for parents coming up with a game plan on mm-hmm. how to accomplish that. Yeah, and you know because y- the student ministry is a part of that plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids ministry is a part of that plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporate worship is a part of that plan mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's coming from people other than their parents, and yeah. they're hearing the same thing. Um, you know, and so I, I think that it's important. Uh, and I just want to say that, um, you know, if maybe you're struggling with a discipleship path in your home, here's what we have. Mm-hmm. We can, uh, we have a book that's um, a discipleship book that is good really for any relationship. Mm-hmm. 
So um, it's it's just a discipleship book that we have here at the church, yeah, and we're gonna we're, it's gonna be posted online for us to be able, for you to be able to download that um, just that PDF, and that's gonna be a helpful tool for mm-hmm. your family. Mm-hmm. But but here's what that tool will do: is it gives you just a simple roadmap. Uh, of just how to walk through some basic conversations and you can go as deep as you'd like, or you can keep it as shallow as you would like. And that's no big deal. Um, And so, uh, but it just gives you a little bit of a help Mm -hmm. and a tool of know how to go from A to Z in that. Uh, But to always understand that a part of your discipleship is just being intentional Mm -hmm. with your kids and with your family. Um, You know, it's, it's, making sure that you leverage the opportunities mm-hmm. that you have. Yeah. So here's where I really had to learn and I'm still trying to learn in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you have to be intentional, but you don't have to be a stickler. Mm. Okay. So I, 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 I get these um, idealistic things in my mind of where I think, okay, well, we need to have uh, family worship time every single day. It needs to be at this time. We don't need to, we, yeah. we, need, we don't need to let anything come in on this time that we're setting aside. Okay. And every single day, we're going to do this, this, this. We're going to uh, memorize um, every creed. We're going to memorize a book of the Bible together. Mm-hmm. We're going to do, okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have a tendency to become overly ambitious sure. at times. Sure. Um, here's what I have learned um, take one Bible verse mm-hmm. and talk about it. Every day for the week. Yeah. It's it's so simple and it seems so small, but I am shocked at the way that the Lord uses that to hide that word in our kids' hearts mm-hmm. and in my heart. Um, mm-hmm. Katie does this um, in our home, so in our kitchen where the where the kids eat breakfast every morning at our breakfast bar area. Mm-hmm. Uh, right next to it is this sign that Katie, it's like a chalkboard, Mm -hmm. and Katie writes uh, a Bible verse on it. Whatever our Bible verse of the week is, it's right there, and we reference it every morning before we go uh, off to school. Uh, We pray, and and listen, it's a rambunctious time, (laughs) okay? We have an 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Okay. And so there are a lot of things happening. Someone's playing with GI Joe's. Yeah. Someone's singing a different song sure. for some reason. Sure. I mean, whatever's going on. Uh, but, but here's what, here's what is honoring to the Lord is that we're being intentional, mm-hmm. that we are letting them know that this is important part of your life. And so mm-hmm. we, we want to make sure that we protect that time and be intentional with the time, but, but don't, worry about the chaos that comes with children. Okay. And so, uh, we've just had to learn through that. What does that look like for our home? And and I'll tell you another thing. Um, a professor told me this and it has just really, really stuck out uh, with me personally. Um, he said that, you know, this was an older gentleman and he said that his son came back to him. His son was 45 or 50 at the time when he came back and talked to his dad about this because the, my professor was asking his son, he said, what made the biggest impact on you? Like, mm-hmm. as a dad, I just want to know. What? Mm-hmm. And his son told him, he said, dad, the biggest impact you had on me is that I would catch you in your personal worship time. Yeah, yeah. That I would see you every morning with your Bible open at your desk, that I would see you with your head down and that you were just in prayer. I would catch you in those moments. That's what stood out me the most. 
And, and so if there is any encouragement, I, I tell my wife this, we, we challenge each other in this, and I tell other dads this, let your kids catch you yeah. in vulnerability. Let your kids catch you in times of personal worship, yeah. in times of personal study, digging into God's word. Let them just see it. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's where I was going to share the, I, one of the things I think is so key and when you're talking about discipling um, other people, but specifically your kids, is that they see that you love Jesus. That's right. You know, I, I think one of the saddest things is when I talk to a student and, and not that this happens a ton, but I have had these conversations where like, yeah, I just, you know, I, I just don't see my parents read their Bible very much. Yeah. I mean, we come to church, but that's about it. Yeah. And it's not to say a negative towards their parents, but they're not seeing it modeled what it means that Jesus is their everything, yeah. that there's joy found in the Christian life, that there is meaning and intentionality found for all aspects of life, not just Sunday worship. And, um, and so, yeah, what you're saying, Hey, that give your kids a glimpse of your personal worship of you studying right. your, the word, but also share with your kids, you know, the, the joys of what you've read or, That's right. or the, the excitement of an answered prayer or how God um, guided you in a maybe a gospel conversation with a neighbor or a coworker. Mm -hmm. Those things should be celebrated in the home in such a way that that's exciting and um, model setting, example setting for your kids. That's right. Um, I, I think that. And then I also think um, when we're talking about the process for parents, like, hey, how do I get into this whole discipleship model? Um, I think you also have to draw some clear, like, hey, this is the goal for our family. Yeah. And, and when I say that, I think back for myself, um, I, Michael, I think much like you, we grew up playing sports, right? I played soccer as a kid. I started playing basketball at a certain age. And, and with that you, comes- You played soccer? I did, actually. Okay. I played soccer for- um, 11 years. You know, I, I can believe that because I've played basketball with you. Uh -huh. All right. And you have some pretty fast wheels. Well, it's in just envision, You're a quick guy. envision before when I used to be like slim and like athletic, like remember those things, like I could have been, I could have been super good, but, um, <laughs> either way, either way, when you play these youth sports, oftentimes, right. And we have, and we know listeners, um, have this too. These tournaments come up on the weekends, right. And you've got, Oh, well, you got games at Sunday at nine o'clock. You got games at Sunday at 11 o'clock. And, and hear me, I'm not trying to be judge and jury by any means of saying, Hey, if your family attends, you know, makes a choice to go to a soccer tournament instead of coming to worship on a Sunday, I'm not vilifying you by any means. I'm just sharing with my family. What my parents said is, Hey, Kurt, we're, you're not going to be able to play on those Sunday games. We'll talk to your coach. Um, if the game's at 1230, we'll do our best to make it. If it's at one, we'll probably be able to make it. But if it's at 10, your team's going to have to miss out. Yeah. And, and why that was the case was my parents for our family said, Sunday is going to be sacred. We are going to worship together. Yeah. We are going to church together. There's not that unless someone's brought right in a fever. Um, well, and even then well, my parents did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause I, I was a baseball guy. Mm -hmm. I loved baseball growing up mm -hmm. and played in all kinds of tournaments, just like, you know, with travel ball or whatever. Yeah. And my parents always said, Hey, we'll, we'll go to any game. We'll do mm -hmm. everything we can, but we are not going to miss Sunday morning yeah. now. And, and here's what that did. Um, it drove in me the importance of corporate worship. Yeah. And, and so for me, I knew, uh, that we weren't going to miss. I mm -hmm. knew that, that this was, 
um, something that my parents didn't just talk about of mm-hmm. being important, but they said, no, listen, this is how important it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you being in church is more important than you developing as a baseball player. And that was even said to me. Yeah. And you know what? As a uh, little kid, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, mm-hmm. why? But looking back on it, God used that as a part of my discipleship yeah. and my growth in him. And, you know, that- so here's here's one thing okay. that we do need to recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many families that deal with infertility. Mm-hmm. There are so many families that deal with, um, you know, that struggle of of not being able to have children for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that let's just make sure everybody's clear on this. Um, this does not mean that you are outside of God's design yep. or that you cannot be used by the Lord. Yeah. Uh, Here is one of the greatest statements that someone gave me. He said, "Where." Where the ideal is lacking, God's grace abounds. And so it may be the ideal may be lacking in your family that maybe you have a a family that is um, a blended family. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a family that uh, you have experienced divorce in your past. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're a single parent that you're trying to do this discipleship thing and you hear and you know that God is calling, but you're just barely making it. Let, Let me just say um, that God's grace abounds in your circumstance mm-hmm. and that we don't want you to struggle by yourself. This is why God's community is so important. Yeah, This is why that we truly believe that God gave us one of the greatest gifts, which is the church, mm-hmm. um, his body, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to walk through this by yourself, yeah. that you don't have to take all of this burden and say, oh, no, my, my son hasn't memorized everything yet. My, my son doesn't even know the books of the Bible. Okay, everybody take a deep breath mm-hmm. where the ideal is lacking, God's grace abounds. And, and another thing that Jesus tells us mm-hmm. is, is that we recognize through Scripture is that the sufficiency um, is only in God's grace. Mm. Like there is no sufficiency in your planning. There's no Mm -hmm. sufficiency in staying ahead. The only sufficiency is in God's grace. Mm -hmm. My grace is sufficient for you. That's so good. And that is true of us. That is true of your family. And the point is that we need to walk away from today is that we want to be intentional as a church body, mm-hmm. that we want to be intentional with one another, that we want to give the right tools, that we want to set you up as best as possible to disciple your family well, mm-hmm. whether it is um, in the midst of brokenness, mm-hmm. or if you have just, um, maybe you feel like you've dropped the ball in any way, mm-hmm. that listen, there's no greater time than right now to set a new stage for your family. And there's no better time than right now to take that step toward Christ Mm -hmm. Um, because Jesus is always only one step away. Mm -hmm. No matter how far you have attempted to run, Jesus is only one step away. And it's the true, it is just as true for your family. That's so good. Yeah. The, you hear these stories play out of people who at different points realign their priorities. Yeah. And, And like that's true. I've shared things about my family. Um, my parents, my dad would say he came to know Christ right around the time I was born. Mm. And so I have older siblings who experienced a different initial start of the discipleship process because my parents weren't walking with the Lord. Right. And then I got to see differently. 
but God is still faithful to work in what was broken and not working to his design to get it closer to something that's working that's towards right. design it. And, and so, yes, absolutely. There is hope. There is opportunity. Um, it's never too late to flip the switch and say, Hey, we're going to get after this as a family. We're going to do this right. Whatever your family context looks that's like. That's right. Um, you know, Mike, one area, um, that's somewhat similar in this that I do want to touch on. Um, and part of that is I, it is so prevalent in our church, um, some because of the, the, the legacy of Pastor David and many other staff and leaders here, but specifically around East Texas, it seems like we have so many kids, one, um, in the uh, looking for adoption, um, but also in, in, in the foster system. Yeah. You know, yeah. as a family, you know, what do you see as that, um, you know, we're talking about this idea of being fruitful and multiplying. Um, how do we help? disciple these kids in these contexts yeah. and the fa- and support these families in this way. You know, we, we have actually so many systems in place mm-hmm. at our church that are just so healthy and so helpful mm-hmm. um, to help eliminate as best as possible our foster care system. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's our hope. Right. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we have a ministry called hope for 100. Mm-hmm. And in that ministry, um, they have specific things that we can do as a church body to come alongside or to be that primary family to say, hey, you know what? We want to adopt. Hey, we want to foster. Yeah. Hey, we want to step in. We have the means. We have uh, the room. Mm-hmm. And and we'll do whatever we can to make sure uh, that no kid is left without a family. Yeah. And so I would just encourage you you know, to visit our website mm-hmm. and to look for that. Because uh, we even have um, people who... Uh, set aside time to be what is called a wraparound family. Yeah. And so if we have a foster family, and we we have seen this so many times in our church, uh, a foster family, well, we'll have a, a connect group. That's what we call our small groups here at Green Acres. We'll have a connect group who just adopts that family mm-hmm. who's fostering and says, hey, if you need a babysitter, hey, if you mm-hmm. need uh, supplies for school, hey, if you need to run uh, to the grocery store, whatever's going on, hey, we're going to come alongside you. Yeah. And so there are so many opportunities that that we could really step into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I think that every single one of us we are all, as God's children, we are all called to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have to figure out what that is. Sure, sure. Well, and, you know, I just felt like as the, the what we're talking about was so much with families, it's such a natural thing to, yes, we care for our own family, but we also look, where are the needs of others, yeah. right? Isn't that what Christ would be doing, right? Jesus would be saying, hey, yes, I'm caring for my own. He cared for his mother. He cared for yep. his family, his disciples, yeah. but he also saw the needs of those around him. Absolutely. And we do have kids who have needs around us. We have families who are burdened and struggling, whether they're, they're facing um, adoption issues or they're facing, hey, we've taken in the, this foster, these foster kids, but it, it's hard. They need families to come alongside, support and pray with them, babysit for them every once in a sure. while. And so yeah. um, that's part of this discipleship process too. So uh, Mike, I've loved our discussion today. Yeah, it's, you know, and to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, we only scratched the surface. Yeah. And there are just so many areas that we could dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, and But if we keep in mind the intentional act of helping our kids, helping our spouse uh, grow in the likeness of Jesus, mm-hmm. if that is our aim, mm-hmm. uh, then the Lord will take care of the rest. I, I, I love what Charles Stanley says. Um, it's one of his most famous sayings that he says, you obey the Lord and leave the consequences up to him. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And that's just what we're called to do yeah. as families. And there are so many pressures uh, on the family right now. Mm-hmm. But if we obey the Lord, 
we leave the consequences up to him. And that's what we're going to do. That's so good. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode with us. If you're not already doing so, please like, subscribe, um, these videos, these podcasts. If you're on YouTube, hit that bell. Um, I'm sure there's a button that just popped up on my face. I'm hoping right here. There it is. Um, but we loved our conversation. We can't wait to do it again with you soon. Take care. See you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode and joining in on our conversation. If you liked what you heard or you want to know more about Green Acres, go check out our website at GABC.org or follow us on Instagram at GABC underscore Tyler. Have a great day.